This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. guys welcome back to the mvm show i'm titus your host again and we got a great guest on today i think you're gonna really enjoy mario from final approach mario it's good having you on bro good to be here yeah good to connect yeah what do you what do you got going on right now we got to chat for quite a while supposed to be a five minute phone call probably went over an hour i think (laughs) (laughs) well i'm I'm never uh, at a lack of words. So if anybody's known me forever, like, dude, I just, I just go, I yeah. go, go, go. So yeah, that makes two of us. <laughs> Especially so, if we're, if we're talking, if we're talking hunting, it's on. If we're talking fishing, it's yep. going to be a short conversation. <laughs> if we're talking anything else, it's like, yeah, let's just, yeah, get it done. Okay. Talk to you later. But yeah, yeah. we start talking about birds. It's over. Yeah. I'm the same <laughs> way, man. I'm telling you. And it don't matter what time of year, you know, it's like some people are like, oh, it's, it's not that time of year. It's like, dude, it's all the time. I'm thinking it's, birds on the brain. It, it's always, it's always that time of the year. Yeah. So I don't, you know, the best thing about the best thing about, you know, being actually in the outdoor industry and especially being on the waterfowl side is man we get to talk about it all year Mm -hmm. and you know people say you know does it get old or you know now that like it's your job is it like i'm like no like you guys don't get it like i used to tell people like you know you'd go to a show and you'd talk to some guys and they're like Hey, how you doing? Oh man, you know, just living the dream, you know, like, mm-hmm. like it's terrible. Right, and I'm right. like, dude, you, you don't get it. Like, unless you've like dug ditches and like, like done really hard work, which I did when I was a kid and then coming through college, like 
if you don't do that, like you don't get it. Like Dude, you are living the dream. Like you're, you're out of your mind. Yes. Like, yeah. You're out of your mind. hundred percent. Oh, dude. So blue, you're, you're talking to a, a blue collar guy right here. We talk about blue collar on this thing all the time. It's like people don't have a clue. I, I did those things you're talking about. Did concrete, did framing houses, yep. dug ditches. Yep. I mean, and that's why you, <laughs> you can appreciate things better, you know? Yeah. Listen, uh, manual labor, bro, was like on the docket. My, my parents owned a grocery store when we were kids. And I mean, we were working when, you know, like I remember like my brother's two years older than me, but I mean, bro, we were working when I was like eight years old. Like it was like, yeah, yeah. cause we lived, we, we lived above it and it was like, yeah. Hey, go downstairs and help your dad or like, go do this. And it was like, it, it was on from, from that, that age. And, but that, you know, the good thing about that, and, and you could attest to this if, if, you know, as you grew up like that, uh, you have a work ethic that mm-hmm. nobody mm-hmm. else has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like nobody. And it applies to, and it, it carries over to everything in your life. Everything, yeah. everything. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to grass blinds. Well, we're going to freaking grass them like to no end, mm-hmm. like, or whatever, like, mm-hmm. yeah. And it's going to get done quick we got stuff to do. So mm-hmm. there's no doubt like that totally carries over. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, I try, I'm trying to teach my kids that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because, mm-hmm. you know, like that's just going to set them up for, I, I hope an easier life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cause it, yeah, you got to grind. Mm-hmm. And if you're not grinding, bro, you're already behind. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you know, <clears throat> Whatever the outcome is, I'd still, whether I I make a million dollars or I just live a regular average Joe Blue life, at least I can sleep good at night knowing I put in the work and the effort. You know what I mean? That's the thing to me because sometimes, you know, I've heard people say, it's like, man, no matter how hard I work, it just never turns out the way that I want it to. But I'm like, okay, but take yourself and take some Joe Schmo that's never worked for nothing and gets everything. What, who would you rather be? I'd still rather be the guy known to have a hard work ethic and that's honest and trustworthy every day of the week, whether I have a million dollars in the bank or not, you know, I'd rather be the grinder. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. just me. That's my, that's, that's my mindset, my attitude. Uh, you know, like, uh, somebody, somebody texted me yesterday. Uh, like honest to God, this is just yesterday. They're like, Hey, how's it going? It looks like, you know, FA is, is doing some really big things. Looks like you guys are kind of kicking ass. And I go, I go, yeah, brother, we're, you know, we're, we're making a go of it. We're, we're, we're trying to grind out whatever we can and do whatever. And he was like, he's like, yeah, it seems like you're doing that. And, and it's, it was a friend of mine. And then I sent him, uh, like my screensaver that's on my phone and he just totally cracked up. So like, if you just click my phone and look at it, uh, Connor McGregor's on there. Mm-hmm. And it says, it says, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't come here to take part. We came here to take over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And bro, that's what I'm living by. I mean, yeah. that's how I've always done it. And that's, that's how I'm going to go. And it's not like, you know, here's the thing. I'm not like blowing my own horn. It's not conceited. I'm just, I just put my head down and grind and try to do the right thing. You know, things for the customers, like whatever, whatever, is the right thing to do. That's all I've been trying to do. That's oh, it. Oh. So, you know, that's, that's what I got. That's all I got. Yeah. Well, and that's <laughs> you know? the thing is like, what's the point of just being another, another, another company out there, another decoy company, another, uh, you know, hunting 
clothing company. What, what's the point of that? If you're not going to come in to try to win, then what's the point? You know, there's no, there's no doubt. There's yeah. no doubt. I mean, that's the whole, that's the whole purpose. You know, you want to come out with something, you know, cool, innovative, you know, you want to be the next, you want to be the next company and mm-hmm. it's got nothing to do with, you know, any, anything of an ego or any, mm-hmm. any, any kind of crap like that. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, I, because here's, here's the thing we go back to. It's, it's always about trying to take the final approach back to where it once was. And, you know, and, and this can go right into, you know, like a little bit of history, but my first like, pro, like, and this was, this was when they used the word pro staff as well. Mm-hmm. Like my, my first pro staff gig was literally for Ron Latshaw at final approach. And it was a long time ago. Mm -hmm. So the, the cool thing is I've got to see, you know, now I wasn't with them the whole time as I took other jobs and other stuff, but Mm -hmm. I got to see, you know, what, what it was in its heyday and then where we needed to go now and where we, need to put our head down and get there you know what i mean like get back to what what it was and how good it was mm-hmm. so you know there's man like the, well, let the me, stuff that i've seen let me don't. ask you so you saying that let's go backwards and then we're going to come into the here and now now we're talking about hard work sure. so i'm just going to say right now if in whoever's listening that hasn't seen the final approach uh decoys and and i'm just picking on the decoys right now we can go back sure, and sure. talk about other things later but that's hard work to get to what those decoys look like now and i didn't really pay attention to what they've looked like in the past i'll just say what they look like right now sure. is definitely at the top if not higher than the best thing out there i think a lot of them are better than anything out there on the market right now just the materials the paint jobs the the carvings everything okay so hard work you talked about hard work and having that work ethic is obviously already shown forth as soon as all those decoys were released and so now let's back step i want to hear sure. i didn't really talk to you about yesterday but i would like to hear what what did FA final approach for those of you who don't know that name if you don't but what did they have back then like can you name off the items and the things that they actually had and what was good about them then and how um, what year was that like give or take bro you're going you're going back to you're going back to like 93 mm, okay you're going back to like 93 like 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 so ron Ron Latchaw, who, who started it all was a guide and was like an obsessed waterfowl hunter. And he, he couldn't figure out the best way to hide in the middle of a field or get right to where the geese were. So he could get his clients better shots. He, He could be a better hunter. So he created this monster layout blind, which was called the slider. And some folks won't even know this. It was, so this was the first one. It was like wooden frame and literally you slid, you slid it, you slid the top out of the way so you could get up to shoot. Hmm. And they were huge and heavy. And that was what started the road down to like the eliminator blind, which was like, that was the first blind 
Now, mind you, there's no layout blinds on the market anywhere. Nobody's even thinking about mm. it. So Ron, Ron comes out with this eliminator blind and, you know, I, I did a, I did a series of podcasts last summer where I talked to all these icons in the waterfowl world. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, I had foils and zinc and, uh, Dave Smith and I, I mean, Bill Saunders, like all these guys, John mm -hmm. Baca, who was that final coach, all these guys. And I would ask him a couple questions. I would ask him one question. What are the top things gear, any, any kind of, any kind of, you know, thing you used in waterfowl hunting that you think changed waterfowl hunting, like for, you know, just, just was like a game changer. Mm -hmm. And everybody said the eliminator blind, it was like mm -hmm. the eliminator blind, like the spinning wing decoy. Mm -hmm. And then a, a couple other guys had like some other, you know, some other, you know, uh, but everybody would say the spinner and the eliminator blind hands down because that blind changed the way we hunted then and today, and it's still going, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? How can mm -hmm. you, you know, it's like, you know, you create something and it is literally still one of the most effective things yeah. in our sport. Mm -hmm. So he makes the eliminator blind. Literally they were, there was a guy up in Washington, Duke Levan. So Duke was doing the frames for him because Duke worked at, uh, uh he was like, a, uh, just a, a fabricator and work for some of the, like all the airline companies and stuff like Boeing and everybody's up mm. in, in Seattle and up in that area. Well, Duke was doing all that stuff. So he did the frames and then Ron was getting the covers, the camo covers sewn and that, that kicked it off. So you're talking about like, that was the blind that changed everything. Mm. And then off of that, you know, off of that, they made like you know, a smaller blind, which was like the X lander. And then they made a little backpack one, which was, you know, like a groundhog, they called it. And then there was like, then they did an upright blind. So you could stand one up like this. That was like one of the first, mm. it was smaller, but it was like a stand-up blind. And then they did, listen, they did some stuff for Turkey. They did a dog blind. They did that. They, they were, then they did snow covers. I mean, it was just, it was just stuff on top of stuff. It just started snowballing. And then obviously you know, Ron gets bigger and has to move his manufacturing because they can't handle it and there's nobody here to do it. So obviously they go overseas. So, you know, as this progressive, like progresses, it changes the whole landscape of waterfowl hunting, huge, mm -hmm. like major. And then the company goes from there and then Ron sells it to Colpin which was like a motorsports company, which had like all kind of ATV stuff. So then they made some ATV stuff and some things like that and some gun scabbards and cases for the ATVs and kind of, they go that route. And then they get onto the decoy side and the decoys at the start were pretty decent. Like there's no doubt about it. Like they made some really the paint adhesion durable, like everything was really good at the start. But when when the problems start or the watering down of the company starts is mm. when it gets sold again, like Bushnell, and then it gets sold again, and then it gets sold again, and then it just gets left for dead at the last company where they just kind of, you know, you know, and, and the innovation kind of stops a little bit, right? stalls, but then you also have 
you know, some people who, you know, maybe aren't as hardcore of an end user creating the products, you know, and you, you do see that a lot in the outdoor business. People would be like extremely shocked, but, you know, I can tell you from working at a lot of companies that, you know, I've seen a lot of guys come and go that had nothing to do with like the outdoor business. You're like, wait a minute, we're, we're taking orders from a guy who is like never gotten his boots mm -hmm. dirty. Mm -hmm. Like man, like that, man, that would just drive me. Right. Just insane. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's like anything else, like, Hey, you work at the concrete company, right? You're pouring concrete and all of a sudden, a new foreman comes on and he's never done it before. And he's right. just barking orders and telling you guys what to do. And you're like, you're like, Whoa, bro, what, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. we can't do that. Like, like we can't do it. Like either, like, it's not the right thing or somebody's going to get hurt or whatever. Like, Nope, we're doing it this way. And you're like, just shaking your head. Yep. So there was a lot of that. And listen, there was, there was a section where, you know, the, the factories got changed and the quality went down. Like, listen, it just happens. Like you're trying to save, you know, you're trying to save money. So they say, Hey, let's pay, you know, a little bit less for whatever, like mm -hmm. the frames on the blinds. Like I remember, I distinctively remember like, Oh, seven, like right in there. They changed manufacturers on the blind frames and the blinds, the layout blinds. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there was just, like that, that was the turning point for me where I was like, oh my God, like, I don't even think I could use these. I either need to use my old stuff or I got to, I got to buy something else. And that, that truly hurt me like to the core because I was so in on final approach because the stuff was incredible. The people were great. Like everything was great. And you back that company and you do stuff for them and you feel like you're part of the family. And then right. all of a sudden it goes bad and you're like, I have to buy a different blind. Like that was like, right. I felt, I felt like shitty hundred mm -hmm. percent. Well, yeah. So, but you shouldn't you know, have, you shouldn't have to do that or feel that way, you know, but you had to like, like so, yeah. for me to use the best stuff right. or to be, you know, successful or mm -hmm. not have issues mm -hmm. or not keep fixing stuff. Like I had a, I had to do something else and that man, that, that hurt, like mm -hmm. that truly hurt. So, you know, so we go all the way through that, that section and come out on the other side and all of a sudden, you know, final approaches at its last company before this. And they're like, yeah, we're not really doing with it. And a group steps in and says, we want to buy it. And they're like, Oh yeah, I guess, I guess, I mean, we're really not doing anything with it. Yeah, maybe we will. And they end up, they end up doing it. So I was working. So I'll, I'll take, I'll take two steps back really fast. I don't want to bore anybody, but I, I was doing, uh, I was in the radio industry before all this stuff. I did it for like 16, 18 years. I was like a DJ in the nightclubs. I was on the radio. I did all that stuff. I traveled the country. I worked in all these different states. I'm doing all this stuff. And when I get to Oregon here, I, 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 I just like hunting, just, it wasn't just like a thing anymore. It just more so consumed me even more. I started guiding for Mike Franklin up in Eastern Washington, Pacific wings. And I started guiding down here and I'm just like, 
I just want to do this. And I just, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm going to do it. Mm. And I totally quit my job. And I go to my friend, Don Guthrie, who's making Columbia river decoys at the time he owns it. And he, they're handmade, hand painted the whole deal. And I go to Don and I say, I want to help you. I want a job. I want to do something. And he says, he says, well, I'm super busy at the time and I don't even have time to do decoys. And I got back orders, you know, as far as I could see. And he goes, why don't you come over to the shop and learn how to do all this and we'll figure out something. Mm-hmm. So I'm over there. Like I work my day job. Like this is, before, this is right before I quit. I'm working my day job. I'm going to Don's at night. I'm there till like midnight, one in the morning, go home, get up, do the whole thing all over mm-hmm. and, and take over the decoy production. And I'm, I'm making them, I'm painting them. We're cranking out orders. We're doing all that. And as that progresses, I, I progresses, I just get more and more into it. And I'm just like, I'm in, I want to be in everywhere. I meet Buck Gardner out here at the waterfowl festival, the Oregon waterfowl festival. And I'd say, I talked to him and, and, and I was like, Hey, I think I could, I think I could help you out West here and, you know, do stuff with you guys promotionally and the pro staff and do all this stuff. And, and literally he's like, okay, call me, call me next week and we'll talk. And I say, Hey, listen, I have a proposal. I want to talk to you in person. I want to come down to Tennessee. I want to lay it all out for you. I said, I'll buy my own ticket down and I'm going to create a job that I think can help you. And he's like, Okay, I'm up for it. I, I fly to Tennessee. I get into Memphis. I get in the office. I have this whole plan about growing his pro staff and doing events at stores and selling more stuff at stores and and how it could be profitable for the company and do all this stuff. Now, mind you, this is like this is like oh oh three. Okay. And like at this time, there's not a ton of pro staffs, you know. And if there are pro staffs, it's just like you got like a hooded sweatshirt and you're just like you wear it when you're hunting or you're doing like you're not doing anything. Mm. So I go hardcore and we, you know, we go into Cabela's every every Cabela's event uh, at the time, like all the waterfowl weekends and all these Mm -hmm. waterfowl events that they would have and Bass Pro, like we would go to everyone and we had a guy in every store every weekend and we were selling stuff and they're reordering product. And it's like, it's going crazy. And then, you know, I I don't, I I don't know. There was a couple other companies that were, were slightly doing it, but then all of a sudden it catches on and everybody's like, we got to hardcore do this. And I'm not saying I started that because Avery was going at the time as well, Uh but I'm just saying on the, on the, I mean, Fred, Zinc was, was doing it a little bit. They were kind of getting into it because of the Avery guys. So they were all together. So, so that was probably the only other company that was really pushing. Mm-hmm. So then I start pushing and it starts working. So then I go from working for Buck. I, I, I got nowhere else to grow there. And I, I end up taking a job at Fred's at Zinc right when, right before AVNX starts and the turkeys come out. So mm-hmm. I get in on the ground floor there and mm-hmm. obviously everybody has seen what, what happened there and how it blew up. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So then I fast forward, we get bought by Plano Synergy, which is a huge company. And then they start, they start 
watering it down, meaning that they start taking down positions because they want to get the bottom line down because they're going to sell everything again. Oh, yes. So all of us start getting cut here and there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I sit out of work for like 10 months until oh, I find, until I find out what's going on with final approach. I heard they were looking for a person to like head up, head up the, you know, the, the, the actual manufacturing, like, like just being in charge Mm -hmm. of the brand. So I set up a meeting at that, which is our big show every year is the shot show in January Mm -hmm. in Vegas. So I set a meeting up now, this is when they're still owned by Vista okay, and which owns a ton of stuff. They own federal ammunition. They own uh, like, like you name it, they own it. So I go to the meeting and I get there right on time, meet the guy. And he says, listen, I don't have time right now. I got something else going on. And he's like, so let's try to reschedule. And I said, okay, I'll call you later. So it just seemed really weird to me. So I go to dinner that night with a couple of people and one of them works at Vista. And I said, Hey, what's with your guy? Like totally blew me off today. Gave me some, you know, half-ass excuse. And he said, he said, they're going to sell it. He's like, they're going to sell it. That's why he can't really talk to you about it. He's like, that's what's going to happen. And then I go, well, who's thinking about buying it? And he gives me a couple names. Well, I know the, the top name and I go right to them and I go and, and nobody knows this at the time. And I go, if you guys buy, if you guys buy final approach, I want to be in on it. And they, they look at me like, what, how do you, where did you hear that? And I said, if you guys buy it, I want to be in. <laughs> and and it goes on for like the sale goes on for like six seven months because you're talking like a huge corporation mm-hmm, you know right. getting rid of some like it there's just so much paperwork yeah. so mm-hmm. we end up they end up buying it like in may of 17 or whatever it was and then i get hired like july and we just go here's the plan here's what we're gonna do we're going to, we're going to take it back to where it used to be and we're going to go for it. Hmm. And the, the worst, the worst part about it was it was like a fact finding mission for like, I don't know, like a year and a half trying to figure out what factories were making, what, yeah. mm-hmm. were we going to stay at that factory? Were we going to, uh, like, like, was the quality good? Was the pricing good? Like, bro, it was like, you want to talk about your mind, like hurting. I'd like, be lost. Just, I'd be lost. Uh, it, it was painful. Yeah. But we got to the point where like, okay, now not only are we, we looking at where the factories where we are now, it's like, okay, if those, if we don't like those factories now, you have to find someplace better. And because you don't just leave and go somewhere else, like you got to do so much research. Right. You got to go to China. You got to go to China. You got to find the right ones. You got to see their operation. You got to see what they do. You got to work out an agreement. You got to look at their pricing. I mean, and we're back and forth to China trying to get things sorted out and on the phone and finding people and doing all this stuff. And, and, and we hit a gold mine on the decoys. We find we find a manufacturer that fits in line with what we want to do. Let me, and then we Mario, find, let me ask you, ahead, yeah. how, how long did that so, take? Okay. Cause 
I'm, and the reason I'm asking this, this is not even on close to this level uh, scale of of decoys and making stuff like that. I'm I'm just saying like say hats or something because I know sure. there, there's these common brands like Richardson 112s and all that. But there's, 100%, 100%. there's other guys that have these special ones you can't find nowhere, and they take the they take the label off and put their own, so you don't know where they come from. So say yeah. like your decoys. And going through that process of looking at the quality and looking at all that stuff, how long did that take you guys before you nailed that place down? It had to be, like, it had to be, it had to be two years. Wow. You know what I mean? It had to be two years because, so as we're, so the factories that were in at the time at 2017, like, we were, we were trying to keep products going, Right take existing products and say, okay, Hey, let's change this a little bit. So they're a little bit uh-huh, better, uh-huh. right? We're not going to change the carvings or whatever. Like maybe we tweak the paint scheme a little bit, or we do this, or we work on a couple of things like, Hey, let's do this. And, and then as we're doing that, we're looking at where we're going in the next couple of years. Like, mm-hmm. obviously we want to do new carvings. We want to find a better factory that fits with this. Like, like it, it, it definitely takes two years. And I mean, we hit, we hit. And then trying mine. to deal with COVID probably during all this has got to be a nightmare too, right? Well, COVID, well. Or had it not kicked off yet? It had not kicked off yet. So fortunately we get every, everything done with about a year to spare before COVID kicks in. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it now, mind you, we, we hit, we hit pay dirt on the factory. want to be in for this. Then we go back and work with the factory that was doing the blinds and say, Hey, you got to step up this. We can't use substandard material. You got to be top notch. Like this is where we're going. Like we're not making shit anymore. Mm-hmm. We're not making if If it's junk, we're not making it. And, you know, send the samples to us and we're going to try them. And if we don't like it, we're going to change it. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we're not, yeah. we're not going down this road because we're not going to have returns. You know what I mean? We're not mm-hmm. going to have stuff breaking. We're not going to have people upset. Like we're not going down that road. Yeah, and that's if just we're a not, headache for and, you, right? And if it doesn't work, then we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not making that product. So, mm-hmm. man, we go through the blinds, and then we say, "Why don't we just get? Why don't we? If we're all in, like we're all in, then we start on the clothing." And uh, a couple of the guys in the group of us has some clothing background, so we start chipping away at what we want to do like these guys are saying you know and the thing about it is all everyone involved in final approach is an end user and what i mean by that is they live and breathe waterfowl yeah. and and so we got guys on the fabric side saying oh we need to use this fabric or let's look for something that's like like what we have on our bibs and our our jackets it's like this abrasion resistant material that you know, is on your knees and on your, on the seat of your bibs and stuff like that. So it's like durable. And then, and then, and then the, the hunter in all of us starts saying, well, if it was me, I would want pockets here right? and I would want a hood like this, or I would want like, you know, like we were talking about the cuffs on the jackets and stuff the other day. Mm. Like, like I want my cuffs like this, like I, I want, like, that's what, that's what a waterfowler needs. Mm-hmm. So then you get in, in, in into, into that kind of stuff. Like, like you're actually making something that has a purpose. Like, yeah. 
Well, and you only know those things if you've had time in the field. You know what I mean? Like right. like we were saying about the cups, you know, not getting water down your sleeve and stuff like that. Right. That's nobody's not, if you haven't paid your dues and been out in the field after hunt after hunt after hunt and had that experience, you would never you couldn't say that that was a necessary thing, you know? Nope. And that's the thing is that's what's nice about uh what's been transpiring with all this because yourself and other people that are involved these like you said these are people in the field these aren't like uh you know professor <laughs> so-and-so sitting You're in right. an office in a skyscraper never been a day right. on the field he can't he cannot relate to it, and that's not the kind of guys you need in charge these massive companies that know nothing about it and that's where i see what's taking place is so um it's going to be huge because these are guys that are in the field you know you 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 know here's here's like one of the main things you cannot bullshit a waterfowler and mm-hmm. what i mean by that is we are like bloodhounds right mm-hmm. like we 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 see something and we like oh, i don't know about that and then we check it out we sniff it out mm-hmm. and we go we go this is going to work or this is this is like a scam this mm-hmm. is like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. we are so so in tune with our gear yes you know it's like like the only other the only other category that i look at that's that's as anal and as crazy as we are is probably like the bow hunting side true you know what i mean because the bow hunting guys are bananas right yeah right they need to have this arrow this shaft right this broadhead i mean i mean they they are just like us now yeah Yeah. thing that separates us from everybody else is we absolutely hammer our gear. Yep. We absolutely abuse it. Well, right. Yeah. But it, it, exactly. Because here's the thing is like you said, as anal as bow hunters are about the arrow, you know, all this stuff, the fletching, all that stuff. Uh, and again, it's not putting us up above anything, but you take a bow hunter that let's just say, I, I'm, I'm going to say an average guy, maybe he's spins let's just be super liberal let's just say four weeks and i'm talking day after so not 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 all together not all consecutive but over season and i feel like that's way over top but there may be guys that do more a lot of guys probably do less but that let's just say 28 days 30 days whatever okay that's that's a lot that's a lot but that still is Same not enough, right. nothing what most a lot of duck hunters are out there. Like I was telling you, you know, 50, 60 hunts, some guys doing 70, 80 hunts. So we're in our jackets a lot more. We're in our waders a yes. lot more. It's like a bow yeah. average bow hunter, they go like my dad, he's a big time bow hunter, but he only he spends like probably two weeks in the field. So he's not right. gonna put his gear through the stuff that I'm gonna put my that gear through. Do. That's right. You know? Look at, well, look at, look at the rifle hunters, look at the deer rifle hunters or like a big game guys. Like, like they might go on a trip and be, be there for a week, 10 days, two weeks. Right. And then they're back home and then that's it. Mm -hmm. Or, or if they are close enough to the unit that they draw, like they might hit it a couple weekends or a week here. And then, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how it is like Turkey guys, you know, you might, you might go opening day and smash your turkey, and then you, if you can shoot another one, like you might go the following weekend or that week and shoot another one, and you're done. Right. Like, like look at the amount of time. Exactly what you said. Like, look at the amount of time that you're going to spend. Mm-hmm. Now, there's guides in every category that obviously yeah. spend right. 
way more time in their gear. hundred mm-hmm. percent. I agree with that. Sure. But like, just like you said, a regular waterfowler, even if he's, even if he's a weekend warrior, right. And mm-hmm. only can get out on the weekends for how long duck season and goose season is, he still probably gets more time in than anybody else, mm-hmm. even just doing, you know, the, the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. So yeah. It's we, not. It's not that we're harder hunters or nothing. It's we're no, not, we're not we saying that. We're just saying time. we just more time and and yeah. our gear. If we have to buy new rain jackets every year, that's gonna break us. You know, like we can't. We gotta have gear that holds up. You know. Well, listen. Here, here was my main thing, and I I know one hundred percent you could attest to this. There was, there was a stretch of my life where I was literally going through two pairs of waders a year. Yep. And, and my, my first pair, I'll never forget this. And it was only a couple of years ago. Like, honestly, it was like, it might've been 2016 or 17. Like it wasn't that long ago mm-hmm. where I bought a pair of the, um, the Rogers, like two in one waders. Right. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know which ones they were. They were like the breathable ones, whatever the case may be. Like I went through a whole season with one pair of waders. And I, I was like telling people after that, I was like, I made it through the season with one pair of waders. And they were like, they were looking at me like, first of all, like the hardcore guys were like, bullshit. No, you did not I said, dude, I'm telling you, well, you didn't go that much. I said, bro, I went just as much this year as I've done every year. Mm -hmm. And then other guys who don't get it were like, well, what's the big, right. Right. And I'm like, what, I'm like, you don't know how big of a deal that is. <laughs> right. So, so, and that's, that, that brings us up to the clothing and the stuff and everything that we're doing, you know, like there's waiters coming this year for us. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on, but that's where we wanted to go. Like, like, Hey, I made it through a season. Like that was a big deal. Yeah, like that shouldn't be a big deal. That shouldn't be a big deal. Mm. That should be standard. I know. You know what I mean? But listen, you 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 fight with a barbed wire fence or yeah. you know, you you're breaking ice and something happens. Like, listen, I'm not saying the stuff is indestructible. No. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying normal wear and tear, I made it through. And that's the kind of products we're trying to do on every level in every category. That's mm-hmm. it. That's mm-hmm. the that's the mindset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel good when I when I, you know, hear somebody say, oh man, I use this, like, and I really like this feature or whatever. And I go, yeah, we did that for a reason. Yeah. Like that's the kind of stuff that gets me hyped because I, I'm just like, okay, so, so you're younger than I am. And I don't know if you'll remember this kind of stuff, but do you remember, and this is going way back that takes us into something else. Mm-hmm. The, the the older guys, like maybe your grandpa or your dad, had these little Johnny eaters that you'd put this this uh, uh, oil, uh, this uh, butane in or whatever, and they'd light it, and it was their hand warmer in their pocket, right? Mm-hmm. Then we moved to like hot hands and all these other hand yeah. warmers, right? Mm-hmm. The ones you just crack open and shake and stick them in your thing. Well, I'm this is going back to like oh. Oh, four, oh, five. I'm, I'm hunting with Buck Gardner. We're on the snake river and it's literally like eight degrees. And I'm like, I got like too many clothes. It's cold. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, man, this is brutal. And he says, he says, why don't you try this? 
And he takes out this old school kidney belt, which looks like a reverse fanny pack, right? It goes on your back and it clips in the front and you put hand warmers in it and it sits right on your kidneys and it warms your whole core up, right? Because all the blood's coming through and it's getting warmed up as it's going through your whole body. And I start taking clothes off and I'm literally down to like uh, a base layer and a sweatshirt. Really? With, uh, with my wife. Yes. And I'm like, holy crap. Now, fast forward to when we're designing the clothing. And every every heavy or outer layer garment that we have has these two little pockets in the back that you could put hand warmers in that literally will sit right near your kidneys no and kidding. warm your core up. And guys, like I had a young kid that hunts with me and he's like, dude, what the hell are these two little pockets? Like <laughs> you put stuff in them. And I said, okay. And I said, I got to explain it to you. I said, you're, you're like in your twenties. Like you don't get it. Yeah. I said, when you're hunting like extreme temperatures and you don't want to put on seven coats, I said, you get this item and you put hand warmers in these little pockets and then you put your jacket on and it'll sit right next to your kidneys on your back where, where it warms all your blood. And I said, your whole core changes. Wow. I didn't, I've like, never heard that. Yeah. So like, that's the kind of stuff we're trying to do. Yeah. And I guarantee you like people that are listening, you're like, like, Oh, like if they have the jacket, they're like looking at it going, Oh, I didn't know that. Like, that's the kind of stuff like we're, we're trying to do, hmm. like we're, we're trying to get like that extra stuff where, where we're, we're pushing as hard as we can and like really going like all out. So, and, and again, though, and that's what's awesome about that is, again, that is experience right there. That kind of stuff like that is taking stuff that is treasures that could be lost over time. And right. obviously already is. I've never heard nothing like that. And I've been duck hunting yeah. for a long time. I, right. I, I, I never. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like that's pulling stuff back in that is lost pretty much. Yeah. I mean, listen. Unless you, your grandfather or your, mm -hmm. you know, if you had anything like that, like I have the kidney belt that Buck gave me, like on that trip, he said, keep it. I got a couple at home. Like I have it still, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I have it. Like that's what, that's what brought me to that. Like, you know, like when we're in the boat on the river or we're somewhere or, or, you know, we, we have, you know, we can use like a, like a Mr. Heater or something mm -hmm. and you're okay. But when you're like, like out doing something or, and I go, that's the perfect time to do it. Like, you know, or kids or older people, like, like who their circulation isn't that great. Like it makes a huge difference. So, so, you know, that's the kind of stuff we're, we're, and I'm not saying we, listen, we didn't invent that. We didn't do that. Right. We just, we just, like you said, experience says, Hey, what if we do this? It literally is going to cost us another dollar to sew these little pockets and that, that dollar or whatever, you know, whatever the hell we spent is worth like way more to me than whatever we spent on it because of that simple fact. <laughs> I mean, it makes complete sense. That's what, you know, kidneys filter the blood, everything moves through there. Yep. Totally makes yep. sense. I'm so to so everybody's always, everybody's always trying to, and listen, your hands get cold first yeah. and so does your head, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. obviously you got to have, you know, your hands try to stay warmer, hand warmers and in your pockets and, 
And we did the same thing in the front, in the front pockets where, you know, you have your chest pockets, right. Mm -hmm. And the same on the waiters, we have little hot hand pockets in all those positions where you would put your hands because I hate gloves. I wear gloves when we're setting up. And then literally the moment shoot time is in, my gloves are gone. Like I cannot wear them. I don't care if it's uh, cold, raining, like can't, can't do it. Nope. Like I'm not a glove guy because mm. I'm a caller. I, I need my hands free. I'm a hundred percent like, but on, you know, on those cold days, it's like hands are in my pockets. Well, I got the, I shake the hand warmers up. I put them in as soon as we start hunting. And by the time, you know, the first, you know, you go through like first light and, you know, you get some shooting and the right. whole deal, like the first time it calms down and you could put your hands in, like I'm already cooking inside. So I just get my hands in and stay warm and I'm good the rest of the day. Like mm-hmm. I don't have any issues. And that comes from just long days in the field, being in the field, right. being in the cold, right. being in the wet, like, you know, so, so we went that route on the pockets in the front and in the waders, like that's what we're trying to do. So those little things make a huge difference, mm-hmm. you know, to a guy who's freezing his ass off in, in Minnesota. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, totally. So, you know, that's good. Go, yeah, go ahead. I, well, I was, I wasn't trying to jump off the, the gear because, um, there's, I've seen the stuff I've touched stuff. I felt the stuff. I, I see some serious quality there. So, but. I don't know how much you want to go in or say about that, but I, I, I kind of wanted to, we talked a little bit about the decoys, Yeah, but I kind of wanted to go, I wanted to kind of go back yeah. to it um, on yeah. the stuff out now, you know, just like say for instance, the widgeon, I mean, best widgeon on the market, <laughs> you know, not, not just the quality of the, the, the kill and the, the fill with that, that material, the EVA, um, just the the carving and the paint scheme. I haven't yes. heard one yes. person that is like you know. In our videos, we put some out talking about those, and then people picked them up, and the re- people coming back with their opinions on it, and them using them and buying them. They're like, man, these are phenomenal. Never, no negative stuff on those decoys at all. So, so here's what here's how all the decoy stuff gets going. The the best thing that happens when we buy final approach is there's a piece in place and that's Pat Godden, who is a world champion carver in Canada. Pat, Pat was carving. Pat did like some mallards for final approach. Like he was a recent, like he had just done it like maybe 2014, 15, like somewhere in there. Right. Mm -hmm. So Pat, Pat, we had access to Pat. Now, you know, just like any industry, they have like a world championship contest, right? Pat has won 17 times. Mm. There is no man alive, dead or alive, that has won that many times. Mm -hmm. Okay. So you are talking about the number one waterfowl carver Mm. in the world. And we have access to him. So we go to him and we go, we're cranking this up. I want you to do a couple more mallards. We're doing this. We're going to do full body mallards like Pat, like I got him busy. And then I say, I go, so then Pat and I have like a huge meeting and we're like, I said, Pat, if you had to get other carvers 
who would you go and get? Mm. I said, because when we're going to do this, we're going for it because now listen, there's carvers at this decoy company and this decoy company. And then some decoy companies don't have carvers. They have sculptors. Hmm. You know what I mean? So they're yeah. doing sculptures. They're not doing carvings. Okay. So, I mean, you know, that's a totally different process, right? Mm-hmm. So they're working with clay versus wood. And, and, you know, you go through all this and I said, Pat, I, I want your top 10 or top whatever carvers. And we start going through names and I go, well, this guy's kind of worked at this company and did some stuff and that's not going to fit. And then we go through this. And then, so he said, so Pat says, you need to talk to Tom Christie. Tom Christie's won the world six times and Tom is phenomenal. Now, Tom was, had done some carvings for a company a while ago, right? Another Mm -hmm. decoy company. And he did it. He did the carvings. Carvings look great. Paint scheme comes back. The decoys don't look great. Mm -hmm. Like just is what it is. Right. Mm -hmm. So I go, I'm talking to Tom. Pat sends Tom a note. Tom says, yeah, I'd be up to talk. I call him and we just hit it off right off the bat. And, and now, and now we got, you know, Tom Christie and I'm like, and if you're in the carving world, you're like, you're like, holy shit, you, you have Michael Jordan and now you just, and now you just got Kobe Bryant, right? Yeah. (laughs) So you know, if you're a basketball person, if you're a football person, you, you go, holy shit, you got yeah. Tom Brady. And now you just got, you know, whoever's next mm-hmm. below Tom Brady. Like You're like, holy shit. Like you go Patrick Mahomes, right? You're like, holy shit. So, so now I start talking to Tom and then Tom's given me some names that Pat's given me. So now I go, okay, these two guys keep kind of coming up. So then I go and chase these other two guys and Wayne Simkin is up in Canada. He's about two hours from Pat. He's another Canadian carver. And he's won the world's two times and just a phenomenal carver. So we go and get him. Then I keep hearing this other name, Jamie Welsh. And Jamie's down in South Carolina. And I go talk to Jamie. Jamie's won the world's three times. Mm-hmm. And they all know each other through all the carving. And they've all admired everybody's work. And everybody thinks everybody's great. So I go, okay, what? what what a group this is now now we have 28 combined world championships of carving right in the worlds mm-hmm. and i go i go like that's my all-star team like you, you like you're not like you're not like you're not you're not messing with us because up until this point like some people have used like one carver through the whole thing yeah who's incredible right or maybe two and I go for what we're about to do, and in the time frame, I need a squad that is like coming. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like we're not we're not playing. Once again, I go back to that. Like we're not playing around. Like we're not just like testing the water. Like we're coming. So Pat's doing all the mallards. He does all the mallards, full bodies, floaters, like duck butts. Like that's that's my mallard guy. Then we get into exactly what you were talking about. And I tell Tom, I want you to do the widgeon and the pintails and uh, a couple other things. And I'll, I'll get into those in a minute. But the main focus is exactly what you're talking about. I've hunted widgeon 
for a very long time out here in the West. Mm -hmm. We get loads of widget. And the thing that I've always noticed on widget decoys, and you did too, because you're, you see them all the time and you Mm -hmm. chase them all the time. Widget have an attitude, Mm -hmm. right? They don't necessarily just have, uh, like their posture and what they do. They have an attitude Mm -hmm. and our focus on all the FA decoys has been whatever decoy you're doing. I want you to have the attitude of that bird. Like, like what, like that high head widgeon that's yes. whistling with his yes. mouth open. Mm-hmm. Like, like when I was so excited when Tom sent me the sketch and, and, and right now, if you, if you go on our website, like we just got the shirts in, we made a shirt with Tom's sketch. Hmm. Now, Tom not only is an incredible carver, but when I send him a picture or we talk about a pose, he sketches it in pencil. Wow. And that's on the back of one of our t-shirts right now. And I'm telling you right now, bro, he is, first of all, he is unbelievably talented. Second of all, he is one of the fastest workers I've seen in my life Hmm. with the quality. Mm -hmm. And he like, he's like, I'll get you sketched by tomorrow. And at wow. the end of the day, he sends me that sketch and I send it to everybody and everybody goes, holy shit. Like, like you can't, everybody's you know, mind. That's insane because you can't even get guys that are doing digital art to get you something back that fast. And this guy's thinking, drawing it with a pencil <laughs> or whatever he's using. Blow pencil. Yes. That's insane. Blow your mind. Wow. Now. So it goes back to what you're talking about and what we're trying to do attitude Mm -hmm. that, 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 that Drake widget has Mm -hmm. such an attitude. Then we go to the, then we go to the surface feeder and I go, listen, widget are little thieves and Mm -hmm. they're little surface feeders and they're little bastards. Like they steal, they steal grass from the coots and the mallards. Like they're just little thieves. And I want a little thief surface feeder you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and then when you see him on the water like the hen that we did with tom like she's just all balled up and just kind of kind of rolling and you know she's just kind of paddling her feet and just kind of going like that's like those three poses like there's other poses you could do but like to me that was like that was what i see if you see widget a lot that's that's what you see right right so then then we go then we go with Tom, we go to the pintails and I say, Hey, I want like an upright, but a little lazy upright. Cause I don't want them like alert and yeah. like hold something's going on. I just want them chilling. And then I want a surface feeder where they're just, cause they surface feed a lot too. Mm-hmm. So we go there and then, and then he says, well, we're going to do the two drinks. Should we do a hand? And I go, I go, no. And he goes, he goes, well, what do you mean? I said, listen, I don't know. I don't know when it was. It was a long time ago when, when Flambeau did like an all Drake pintail pack a long time ago. Remember that? I don't mm-hmm. know if you remember that, yeah. but if you're out West here, the last thing you need is brown, more brown decoys right. because you put, you put some mallards out, you put some widget out. I want as much white mm-hmm. as I can get. Mm-hmm. I want all Drake's. So we went all Drake's because for, for us out here, like that's a hundred percent. And yeah. I got to think like everybody else in the country, like 
what do I need more hens for? I'm, right. Everybody's going to put out, everybody's going to put out their mallards and they're going to have brown ducks out. Why do I need more brown ducks? Mm-hmm. Like I don't need them. So we went that route on that. Then, then we get to the gadwall and, and we do the same with the gadwall with Tom. Mm-hmm. And I go, I want like, like, I just want a wild pose. And we did the, the one where he's like resting mm-hmm. and his wings out. And I go, I just want something like, like dirty. Like we do that. And then we do a surface feeder gadwall because they're also always chasing. Right. Mm-hmm. The other thing in mind, and it all starts with Pat on the mallards as we come down every, if you look at all our ducks, the thing I wanted to portray and what we wanted to do at the company was I'm going to buy the mallards and I'm going to get all these poses. Right. Mm. And then I'm going to buy the pintails. I don't want to buy the pintails with the same damn poses as the mallards. Right. 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 So then when I put, put everything out, it's like all the poses look the same. So we did different poses in every pack that we did, whether it's the pintails or the widgeon or whatever. Then we go up to Wayne and I go, Wayne, I want you to do all the teal and I want you to do like a little balled up green wing. And then I want a surface feeder. And then I want a high head blue wing. You know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. you're really showing that blue wing head yeah. and, 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 and you didn't see them yet, but they're coming. Uh, the cinnamon teal are coming this year. I, I, I may or may not have had a sneak peek <laughs> <laughs> and I will say they're a bad to the bone. So, and and that's not a huge selling item, but I was like, mm-hmm. no, there's hardly there's hard. Well, and maybe this is the case. There isn't really a cinnamon teal decoy that really does it. That's so the, why, yeah, why, why put one out? Right. 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 And well, I mean, we, I, I, I told them when the I paint. see it, yo, I said, I would, I'm half tempted to just put that on my wall in my office when I get that thing, man. <laughs> Cause I mean, it looks like it literally looks, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of something you would win like at a ducks unlimited banquet for a collector yes yes that color that color on nailed it they nailed the color is is dirty like i i am so excited for those to get here like it's it's bananas now let's go back now i'm gonna throw you on something else let's go back to the widget now we do an enormous amount of business in europe okay okay? Mm -hmm. i i i did business for I, I met a guy a long time ago when I worked for Buck that we were doing calls in Iceland and all these other countries and Italy and uh, Germany and Finland and Sweden and Denmark and uh, Russia and uh, France and we were doing like international goose calls for there. Then when I went to work for Fred, we did calls for there as well, and then we started doing some decoys for those because those guys have similar ducks to us but then they have totally different ducks than us mm-hmm. they shoot an enormous amount of eurasian widgeon mm-hmm. in europe mm-hmm. so i go we got the best widgeon on the planet i think and we're going to go after a eurasian widgeon so we just change the paint scheme and we have the eurasian widgeon we do sell them here but in europe it's huge so really? we start selling them over there yes then then we do some different goose species over there for those guys off the off the spec decoys and the spec molds that we have because they have they have gray lag geese over there yeah. and pinkfoot geese and all those geese are are they're all derivatives 
or subspecies, or they're all connected to the spec. Or as they say over there, like it's not a spec over there. It's a European white front over there. Hmm. It's just like our spec. Did Sounds they, like it looks good. Did they eat that up? Did they eat that those Eurasian Wigeon decoys up? I mean, did they just hammer the market? Yes. Hammer you guys with those? Yes. Really? Yes. Because now, couple, now a couple companies were doing them over there. Okay. And we were doing them. We were doing them at AVNX over there. You know what I mean? Uh, we were doing that. Yeah. And then I said, I said, I'm going to take that to the next level. I'm going to, I'm going to do the decoys we were doing over there. And then I'm going to go one step further and I'm going to go on the other decoys that they need. So, so now this will, this will blow you away and this will take us off the ducks just for a second. But I would tell everybody before that we need to do pigeon decoys and crows. Okay. Mm. And I'm like, Oh, we're not going to sell that many. We don't want to waste the money. We're not going to do that. It's not in the budget. Like, okay. We did a line of pigeon decoys, European, they're called wood pigeons over there. They have a little white stripe on their neck and a little green, like, and we did pigeon decoys for over there Mm -hmm. and we did them painted and fully flocked. Mm -hmm. And then over here, we just have our standard black crows that are fully flocked, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you haven't killed crows and hunted them, like that's my second favorite thing to do. Really, I'm obsessed with that shit. Yes, really, it is. It is. They're smart, incredible, huh? bro. If you can kill crows, you can kill any other bird. <laughs> there is zero doubt. I'm telling you, yeah, zero doubt in my they're mind. Smart, and you could you could ask the crow nuts; they'll tell you. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so they have another crow over there. It's called a hooded crow. It is probably the coolest freaking bird i've ever seen Hmm. it's got like some gray in it and it's like it's it's like almost got like a gray hood and it's also black so we do we do the wood pigeons over there we do the 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 black crows we do the hooded crows painted and fully flocked on everything and and i'm telling you right now the market over there we're in like nine countries and they are all blowing up now we've been doing that for like three years Mm. or more that's like the that's the first thing i wanted to hammer was over there Mm -hmm. and we took like international business from like zero all the way up to a pile of sales Mm. so we are crushing that part over there wow now the other thing that we wanted to do which was for here on the duck side but also is huge in france is the spoonbills france really so bro that's their number one duck it's 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 their number one duck before the mallard in france when's their season when's their waterfall season their season starts a little bit earlier than ours they start about august and they go so um so then we we go okay i go to jamie and i go jamie i want you to do like a spoonie i want you to do an upright and I want you to do a big service feeder with a big old fat bill. And we are going to dial the paint scheme in because there's no cooler colors other no. than that cinnamon teal we were talking about mm-hmm. than a freaking like bald out white mm-hmm. chest, fully plumed spoonie. Yeah. Like, I don't care. You don't want to shoot them. I'm shooting them. Right. <laughs> yeah. Especially when they're, you know, we get to January and they're just prime. Yep, right. Yep, yep. Well, 
we do the spoonie decoys and everybody's joking over here. Like Josh at outdoor limits is all about the, the spoonies, mm-hmm. bro, spoonies, bro. Right. So, so we do the spoonies and everybody's like cracking up last year and, and the year before, but guess what? We sell a pile of them because like we, I, that's another decoy where like the attitude and the paint, yep. we really spent an awful lot of time. Oh, on. You can tell that's another one you could stick so, on the walls, a collector, you know, incredible job on those spoonies. <laughs> so, the so we, we, yeah, the, right. So we go hardcore on that. And then, and then, like I said, then we do the teal and, and we got, we got a couple other things coming. Like, uh, like, uh, like this year, I'll let, I'll let the cat out of the bag, but you know, guys have been, you know, busting us for like the last couple of years, like wood ducks, bro, wood ducks. And I go it's coming, it's coming and it's going to get real dirty. <laughs> <laughs> It's going to get real, real dirty. And we got, you know, listen, we've, we've upgraded like, uh, on the decoy side, we've upgraded the motion system on all the full bodies. We upgraded the paint scheme on the honkers. Uh, we did, uh, you know, one of the first things we did the the top seller on all the decoys for final approach has always been more on the goose side, right? Mm. The, the old school, one style like one head position one piece goose mm. floater that was like uh you know just like a price point like we redid that and that's what wayne did from canada wayne did our okay. last pass floater goose gotcha and that is our number one seller by far it is we sell piles of them because it's a six pack we have fucked heads and we have painted heads. We dialed the paint scheme in better. And we just think like the value for that price is killer. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's, that's how we hit there. And we have them in. And, and when, when he did the carving, I said, Hey, we're probably going to take this decoy. We're probably going to use it as a spec. And we're probably, I don't know. We might use it as a snow. I got to look at it and see what it looks like. And to be honest, it's painted three different ways. And each way to me, it looks killer. Yeah. So we just, we just file them out the door. Like it's like they're free, bro. We, we sell a pile of them. So, wow. uh, you know, I'm happy about those, you know, the, the, you know, we got a couple new things coming on the goose side this year. I'm not going to let that out of the bag, but we got some killer stuff coming there. Um, so we're just pushing the innovation side and the technical side and every and everything we can we're pushing mm-hmm. you know uh, i can't i can't wait to see what you guys i mean i've i've heard some rumor i'm not gonna say but i've heard some they were kind of letting me in on some stuff last year and i was like dude i can't wait till that comes out too because if you guys do the quality which i know you will that you did with everything else you know all the the spoonies the 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 widgeon uh yeah. just everything I can't even imagine what this other set of stuff coming out is going to look like because it's, you know, and that's what's it pays, you know, and then your price point, like you said, that is, you just put all those things together into one and you're going to be successful bottom line, you know, but yeah, listen, I mean, it's a, it's a business, like it's a business and a company. So yeah, of course we got to make money. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like we, we do like, are we, are we being greedy or gouging or doing like, we're not like no. we, we just set, we just set our limits and said, here's, here's what we need to make. And we like, like, like 
a shot back to the clothing. And I'll, I'll tell you this, like, this is how I feel. And I hope people start seeing this. And, and as we sell more clothing and do more stuff, like, like our, our jacket is a $300 jacket. Mm. And I got every, every bit of confidence in me that that's a seven, $800 jacket, mm. right? Six, seven, it's double six, seven, eight, whatever you want to, I have confidence that that's a jacket that could be a $600 jacket. That's a $300 jacket. Mm. The bibs, you know, I have, there's no doubt. I have beat up bibs. I have worn bibs. I have trashed bibs and we have a bunch of features on the bibs that I think are key for layout hunting or Mm. doing whatever. And I think those Three hundred dollar bibs are without a doubt a, a five six hundred dollar pair of bibs. There's mm-hmm. no doubt, mm-hmm. you know. And but I'm not trying to have our company like just do that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. we make waterfowl stuff for waterfowlers, no matter if you hunt two days or two hundred days. Yep. Like we want you like we want you like using our gear. And if listen, our customer service stuff, I look at it, me and the guy who handles our, 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 our issues, both of us, I have access to that email account Mm -hmm. and I look at it every day because I want to know if there's a problem or what's going on with the company. Because if we see something that there's an issue with, we will address it immediately. Like for instance, the first year we made a certain blind bag, the corners on the zippers kept breaking. Cause if you yanked on it hard. So we figured out like the zipper pulls were too long and you yanked it instead of pulled it. Right. Mm-hmm. So we, we did two things. And I mean, literally we, we handled that immediately. Like we went back to the factory and we said, we got to do a shorter zipper pull and you got to put a better zipper in it because now I'm not talking. We had a hundred. I'm talking. We had like 10, 15, 20 zippers broke from whatever, 800 bags, right? Mm -hmm. A thousand bags, right? I'm not talking about a huge, I'm talking about, I saw an issue and I don't care how little it is. Like I don't want any issues and none of us do. So we get right on it immediately. Mm -hmm. So we, we back our stuff. We're making good stuff. Like we, you know, cause listen, I don't want something to break when I'm hunting. Right. Like when something happens, like say, like, you know, say we don't make an item and I'm using something and it breaks, especially when I need it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not buying that again. That right. sucks. Yeah. 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 You know, like whatever it is, you know, from a pocket knife to a headlamp to anything that we don't make, like if something fails me, like I'm out, yep. you know, mm-hmm. cause I don't have time. You know, you don't have time for shit to be breaking, mm, no. especially when you need it. Yeah. It's always when it's the worst conditions that stuff like that <laughs> happens. You're like, doggone it, man. <laughs> like of all times, it couldn't just happen when it was 70 degrees and nice. You know, it always happens in the worst yes. time, but man, I, uh, we're, I, we already talked Mario. We're going to have oh, to do bro, one of these. Cause we didn't, didn't even scratch yeah. the service, not even scratch the service. And, <laughs> 
um, we're we're over an hour right now, and I'm I'm not even yeah. I'm I'm totally not haven't lost interest one bit, but I I just know that we got to keep this at least a little no, around no, that good. range. But we 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 could circle back right before the season starts, like what we need to yeah. do. Oh, is, we'll, we'll do more we'll, than that. We'll circle we'll circle back like soon as the new items start hitting. That'd be great. Because, yeah, and then before yeah, season, because then we could talk. Yeah, 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 we could talk more freely about what's out. Like I gave a couple snippets away of what's yeah. coming, but man, there's. There, there is a bunch of cool stuff coming yeah, this year. So we're, I can't wait. We're, well, tell, we're tell everybody well, where, you know, all the information about, yeah. you know, before we close this up. So so the cool thing, and we appreciate you doing everything that you're doing and, and what you guys, I know you've been using the decoys and everything else. <clears throat> so we appreciate you and the honest feedback. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Like, I'll take feedback from anybody. That's why I monitor that, that customer service email. Like, I want to know what's going on and we'll figure it out or do something. So you can go to fabrand.com is the website. You can go there for all the details. We have our own YouTube channel, go and subscribe. There's, we have our web series, which is called the last pass. We did our first season this year. We're up to like, you know, we're dropping another episode this week. So we should be, you know, we're at like episode nine or 10 or something. So, and all kind of stuff. We go everywhere, just like you, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? We mm-hmm. travel, we chase, we chase where we go. So you can go hit the the YouTube channel. You can go to our Instagram page and our Facebook. I mean, we're everywhere. We're, we have our own FA podcast, which I'm going to get you on. So then we could like circle back on what you do. So, I mean, you know, we, just like everybody else, we're grinding everywhere on social that we can. So, so go find us pretty simple. We appreciate, you know, the support folks using our goods and, pictures and i love seeing pictures of smiles and if i see piles that's great too like i'll take them all so i'm just you know super appreciative of what we have going and and what we're offering folks so we're 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 pretty pumped like we're just getting cranked up but yeah so yeah and i'm glad (laughs) to be part of it as well you know and i appreciate you guys uh you know working with us and stuff it's i see a really really bright future honestly i do and everybody like i told you yesterday everybody on here that listens to this or watches the youtube channel knows i've always been 100 percent honest no matter what so you guys heard from me you know um you know you don't you obviously haven't known mario as long but i'm telling you it's obvious when you look at the material you look at the gear you look at the decoys all the stuff it's very very obvious it's high quality and i've heard nothing but good about it so Thanks again, Mario, and um, I'll, yeah, I'll let you guys know when the podcast uh, with me on his releases, and you guys need to go check that out, absolutely. the Final Approach podcast. So, all right, Mario. Absolutely. Have a good thanks, one. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it. You too, buddy. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you guys on the next one. <laughs>